0: beautiful day after all that rain, isn't it? Yeah. Good to see some sunshine again. Yeah. <laughs> really is. I'll tell you, it's a little depressing sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Worked with a guy who told me the other day, we were, we were talking about the weather, and he said, he's from Oregon. He said, there, in Oregon, there's a standing joke. He said, uh, what, do you call, what do you call it when it rains two days? Weekend. <laughs> and he said, what do, you, what do you call it if it rains three days in a row? Memorial Day weekend,
1: and so apparently it rains a lot
0: in Oregon. And so, I'm glad to see some sunshine, I really am. Let's go to the Lord before we uh, start. Father, we thank you again for allowing us to be here today. We thank you for each one who is here today. We thank you, Father, that you've given us a desire to be in your house. We thank you that you've allowed us to live in a place where we can come freely and worship you. We pray this morning that as we look into your word that The desires of our heart would be to worship you today, to glorify you, to praise you because you're worthy of all our praise. You're worthy of our thanksgiving for all the blessings you've given us. You're worthy of our service because you are our Lord. You've redeemed us and you've called us to yourself for a purpose. We pray that, Lord, as we look into your word, you might uh, teach us those things that would help us to be more effective servants, that we might uh, draw closer to you. We pray, Lord, that You, as it were, whet our appetites for the Scriptures, and that You give us a daily, a hungering and a thirsting after the things of God. Speak to us this morning. We pray the Holy Spirit would move among us. Teach us the things that we need to know today from Your Word. And then, Father, as we leave here, we pray that we go out, proclaiming that it was good to be in the house of God. It was good to meet with fellow believers, but it was far better to meet with our Lord. So guide us in this time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the works of the, the title of the message today is The Works of the Lord. We're going to look at that in a few minutes. There's an old saying that said something like this, As is the workman, so is the work. We know that to be true, don't we? If you, if you hire a plumber and he's not a good plumber, you're going to get a bad job, aren't you? If you hire a, a, a bad mechanic to work on your car, the results aren't going to be that good, are they? If you hire a stellar one, on the other hand, it's a little bit different. But don't you consider... Things that we we have seen in history, things that that prove uh, the workman or the workmanship, historical structures. When you look at the pyramids in Egypt, incredible workmanship that has withstood the test of time. Stone structures, and, and we look at them and we marvel that they could they could put those in place the way they did, and yet they're still standing, the way they are. Uh, how about the cathedrals that we see? That dot. Uh, different places in uh, Europe. Beautiful workmanship, and and it took decades to build some of those. I work in a building that was put up in just a few months, and it scares the daylights out of me sometimes (laughs) how fast they put that building up. But we look at, at some of the these great cathedrals, and it, it would almost scare you to go to a church, to a place like that, because you might begin to worship the building more than the God that you went there to worship because of the beauty, don't you? But they are beautiful. The castles that we see in different places of the world that still stand. And some of them are in ruins now, but you look at them and think, man, somebody really put some, a lot of effort, a lot of design work into those places. We think about the designers. We think about the, the craftsmen who were involved, the laborers that did the work. Maybe they didn't design those structures, but they put a lot of sweat into them, a lot of toil into them, and the the results were just awesome, weren't they? We think about, uh, how about musical arrangements that we've heard? I I still, to this day, I think one of the most beautiful uh, pieces of music I've ever heard is Handel's Messiah and uh, the Hallelujah Chorus that's a part of that. It's just beautiful music in it, isn't it? Handel composed... Uh, that that it's dozens of unified voices, and you don't hear when when it's being sung well. You don't hear individual voices, do you? You just hear that that harmony. It's beautiful. how About our favorite foods, I've got I've got favorites of mine. There's things that my grandma did that she cooked, or my mom, things that Robin cooks, things that uh, other people will remember. And those recipes that were perfected over year after year after year, and then, and then maybe they add a little ingredient here, take something out here. And they reach a point where it's just, it's almost perfection. And you can, it just uh, makes my mouth water just to think about it. Doesn't it How about the uh, modern gadgets? The design that goes into them? This little recorder right here. It's got more computing power than the Batcave had when I was a little kid. I was i was fascinated with Batman when I was little. I wanted, a, I wanted my bedroom painted black. I asked my parents if they did that. And that Bat that computer, oh, yeah, that, ooh, that was good, wasn't it? Our, our cell phones have a whole lot more computing power than that. Our cell phones, by the way, have more computing power than an Apollo spacecraft had that took astronauts to the moon and brought them back safely. Isn't that amazing? All of these things, uh, the different uh, fabrication techniques we have, the different manufacturing processes that we have today, they speak to uh, incredible craftsmanship, don't they? So we've got ample examples of human works and the great results that come about. Even medical procedures. Doctors can find things now non-invasively. They can do run all kinds of tests and they can tell us all thing, all kinds of things about what, what's going on inside our bodies and they never have to cut us open to do it. Now that's pretty good, isn't it? I'd rather do that than, uh, than go under the scalpel any day. Wouldn't the rest of you? I've been operated on before a time or two and it's... Uh, you don't, you don't know it when the operation's going on, but you sure know it when you wake up and recover, don't you, And The pains that come. So we've got a lot of examples that we can look back to, and we can see the examples of human works and the great results of them. But sometimes I think it's, time to, it's, it's good if we stop and consider what Scripture has to say about God's works. And that's what I'd like us to look at this morning. I'm going to read this in Psalm 111, starting in verse 1. The psalmist says, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endureth forever. He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He hath given meat unto them that fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He hath showed His people the power of His works, that He may give them the heritage of the heathen. The works of His hands are verity and judgment. All His commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. He sent redemption unto His people. He hath commanded His covenant forever. Holy and reverend is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. We're talking about the works of the Lord. So let's take a look at what what this psalm has to tell us about the works of God. First and foremost, it begins with worship. Look at verse 1 again. Praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The psalmist is worshiping. And that's always the best place to start, isn't it? When we approach the Lord, then that's in worship. It's always best to praise his person before we start looking at His works. Don't you do, do? you agree with that statement? It's always good that we come, it's always best that we come to the Lord and we praise Him, we worship Him just because He is God, because He is perfect, because He is holy, because He is all-righteous, He is all-powerful, He is ever-present. Because if the first thing we ever focus on is His works and what He does for us, then we can start just we can get into that rut where we we're just constantly asking him for something like an incessant three year old can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie now? Can I have a second cookie? Can I have this? Can I have that? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? We Yes, we can come before the Lord and we can ask him for things, but we need to focus on who He is, more importantly, we need to worship him, don't we? It's always best to do that. We worship Him because of who He is. Not because of what he's done for us. That word Lord is talking about Jehovah. That's the name that God gave Moses when, when God said, um, uh, when Moses asked the Lord, God sent him to, the, to the Egypt to lead the Israelites out. And he said, Well, I go down there. In Egypt, they got a lot of gods down there, and they got all kinds of names. And, and I'm coming from a land where there's a bunch of gods, false gods, obviously. And he said, they're going to ask me, what God sent you here to lead us out. And what did God tell him? He said, I am that I am. That's my name. He said, That's what you tell him. I'm the self-existent one. That's who he's praising here. The Lord, the self-existent one, the one who has always existed, the one who will never cease to exist. So first thing the psalmist is starting here with is worship. The second thing that we see here in this psalm is God's works are great. Look at verse 2. It says, The works of the Lord are great. Psalm 104, verse 24, says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. How many? They're just everywhere. Your works are everywhere. I look. How manifold are thy works? In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So there's a a further um, description of God's works. They're perfect. They are great. They're great in content, aren't they? Think about God's creation. And we're talking about how pretty a day it is. Look at the, the flowers that are blooming this time of year. Uh, after all that rain, the grass is growing. Everything looks green. Everything looks fresh. If you drive by uh, and look at people's gardens now, uh, they're, they're flourishing. Uh, corn crops have grown two feet in the last week. Uh, every Everywhere you look, there's this, this beauty of God's creation. How about uh, God's greatness and uh, redemption? That's something that's great, isn't it? Something that we could never think of. We could never put it together the way God did. He made provision for us. We were sinners. And He sent someone to die for us, the Son of God, to redeem us from sin. How about the way that, uh, if we want to talk about God's words or works, how great they are, how about how He providentially leads us into every day that we go through you ever, you ever been through an experience and while it was happening you had no idea why you were there, why you were going through that and at the end of it you think, the Lord led me right there. He brought the right people to me at just the time that I needed them. Or He put me in a place where I could help someone else. He leads us providentially. These works are great, aren't they? And He's working on our behalf. And we have to remember that, don't we? But not only are His works great in content, they're great in quality. How about the variety of the work that the Lord gives us or God's works? Look around the creation. Not every flower is blue. Not every flower is red. Um, Wouldn't that be a terrible thing if we lived in a black and white world? Wouldn't it be terrible if we lived in a world that was just shades of purple? Nothing else. That'd be kind of drudgery, wouldn't it? But He's given us so much variety around us. Think about... uh, the works of God and their utility everything we need He's provided for us and He's promised to do that to us as His children to give us the things we need how about His works they're great in eternity we have eternity to look forward to with the Lord don't we and this life is not all If it, Paul said "If this was, if this life was the only thing we had we'd be miserable people wouldn't we but we have eternity to look forward to God's works are great Another thing about God's works, they're desirable. Look at verse 2. It says, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. You know, all the world takes, all the world seeks and takes pleasure in God's physical works, the things that He has made for us to enjoy. All the world does, the basics. The entire world takes pleasure in the food that we have, clothing to wear, shelter. It's nice to have a place, to, a roof to live under, isn't it? It's nice to have a, a shade tree to get un, in under, out of the sun on a day like this. Or like this day will be a little later in the day when the, the temperatures go up. The basics of things like protection, all of those, the whole world takes pleasure in those works. And then there's the extras. Not just the things that we have to have, food and water and, and shelter and those things. How about companionship? The Lord gives us friends. He gives us people to come into our lives and make... To spice our lives up sometimes. To um, just keep us from being lonely sometimes. To be encouraging sometimes. When we're sick, it's nice if someone gives you a call and says, I'm praying for you, isn't it? If you're having a bad day, isn't it nice to have someone come up and say, you don't look like you're doing so good today. Hey, how can I help? Is there any way I can... Yeah, just sit down and have a cup of coffee. If you like coffee. I, I don't care for it. In my case, have a drop. <laughs> uh, that- there you go. You got me there. The Lord gives us other extras. Communication. We can talk to each other. We can share things with each other. Uh, Another extra that it gives us, uh, just enjoyment, pleasure. We don't live a uh, life that's just drudgery, do we? There's things we can enjoy. We can enjoy a laugh every now and then. We can enjoy a game, perhaps, or um, just, just conversation in general with people that we love, people that we care about. All of these are extras, and the whole world enjoys them. Some people seek and they take pleasure not just in those physical works, but the spiritual works that God has given us. And they're good. We know they're good. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about the spiritual works of God. He tells us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for... Remember those four things? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Some people take advantage of those works too. Sadly, there's far too many people, or far too few people, Uh, that take advantage or they find fellowship with God desirable. Isn't that sad? They don't look to His Word. They don't look uh, to His works as something they desire. They just don't want to have anything to do with God. I agree with the psalmist. God's works are desirable. Another thing we see in this psalm, in verse uh, 3, God's work is, it's not only great, His works are not only desirable, they're extraordinary. Verse 3 tells us His work is honorable and glorious. That term honorable, it literally speaks of grandeur. It speaks of God's works are works of excellency. They're works of majesty. Those are high and lofty terms, aren't they? But that's what God's works are. They're high and lofty, aren't they? They're honorable. And it says they're also glorious. That's more descriptive of not uh, grandeur or majesty or excellence. But when it says they're glorious, it's more a description of their beauty and their magnificence. God's work is beautiful, isn't it? As He works around us, the things that we can see, as He works within us, the things that we experience, His works are honorable and glorious. Even His work brings Him worship, doesn't it? The things that we see Him do, the things that we see in creation, all of this brings Him worship and praise. And when He works on our behalf, we should certainly be quick to thank Him, shouldn't we? But when we think of all the work that He's done on our behalf, it should lead us to do more than just thank Him. It means it should lead us to praise Him, to worship Him, to glorify Him, shouldn't it? We should certainly be a thankful people. we should More than that, we should be a, a worshipful people. So His works are great. They're desirable. They're extraordinary. His works are memorable. Verse 4 tells us, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. The term remembered. It has the idea of a memento. It has the idea of uh, something that uh, should be brought up in discussion. Uh, and When we're having conversations with people, we can say, you remember the Lord, the Lord did this for me. I need to tell you about this. He just brought it to mind. I need to tell you how He's worked in my life, what He's done for me, what He's shown me, how He uh, helped allowed me to help someone else perhaps. That, that idea of a, a memento, it has uh, the idea of something to be passed down from one generation to another. And we need to think about, think in terms of that. Are we passing on what the Lord's done for us to the next generation and to the next generation? Isn't it sad when we hear um, reports of um, people, their children, they raise them in church and yet they don't want to go to church after they get grown? Or maybe their grandchildren don't want to go to church. Or your grandchildren don't want to go to church. That's sad, isn't it? It's up to us to continue to remind them Because the Lord uh, God has made His wonderful works to be remembered. It's our job to remind them. There was uh, very strict instructions given to the Jews when the Lord led them into the promised land. And He gave them the Word of God. He said, you've got to teach this. You've got to talk about these works. When you're in your house, when you're walking about your daily business, when you sit down, when you lie down at night, you've got to continue to do this. Because if we don't, if we don't do it, no one else is. The devil's not going to have people that remind people of Scripture, is he? It's got to be Christians that do it. Uh, that when he says that, that his wonderful works would be to remember it, that term "remembered" it's something that, that gives us a reason to bring God up in conversation. And there's there's ample reasons for us to to uh, bring the Lord up in every conversation we have, isn't there? Another thing we see here in verse 6, God's works are powerful. Verse 6 says, He hath showed His people the power of His works. And that's true in every generation. Every generation of Christians have been able to see the Lord working and the Lord exhibiting His power on their behalf and his, on uh, bringing His power to bear on their troubles. Many people have seen uh, the destructive power of God's justice as nations have been brought down because they did not honor the Lord's Word because they dishonored His people. We've seen that through history, haven't we? People have seen the, the securing power, though, of God's mercy, haven't they? You remember Noah and his generation? Noah found favor in God's eyes. And though the the God was bringing judgment on the world, the entire world at that time, He saved Noah and his wife and his, um, his children and two of every every species of animal, 7 a quantity of seven of all the clean animals uh, so there could be sacrifices when they came off the ark. So Noah saw the securing power of God's mercy about Lot in the cities of the plain. Lot had been living in in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah, a very very wicked place, and God showed him grace, didn't he? He showed him mercy. And he sent angels to pull him out. He said, get him out of that city. You've got to leave is there's destruction coming here. But Lot got to see the securing power of God's mercy. about Israel when they left Egypt and they went into the Promised Land? They saw God's securing power. They saw this repeatedly. Some people have experienced uh, the mighty power of God's deliverance personally, haven't they? David, we read about the in the history of the Old Testament, David was... Delivered as a young shepherd from wild animals, he was able to defend his father's flock. David was de- um, delivered from that wild animal we know of as Goliath, far larger than the young David was, far more powerful, stronger, he had better weapons from the physical side. David had once, once one stone. And a sling that was led by the Spirit of God to take down that enemy. He he got to see, he got to experience the power of God's deliverance. God's works are powerful. Um, Jesus' disciples, as they they walked with Jesus when he was ministering, they got to see his power. He had authority over nature. We've talked about that in in the last few weeks, haven't we? How how Jesus was able to um, to grant healing and protection. We saw last week. Was it last week? Not last week, maybe week before. He healed, what Jesus raised someone from the dead. He had power over uh, the things of, uh, of nature. He had power over sickness, over sin. He was able to forgive sin. God's works are powerful, aren't they? Every Christian, every one of us who has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have experienced God's power of salvation, haven't we? We know within us. The Holy Spirit gives within us that confidence that we've been born again into God's family. Mm -hmm. And that judgment is not waiting for us. Christ bore our judgment for us. We have eternity. Mm -hmm. God's works are powerful, aren't they? We see in verse 7, God's works are truthful and they're personal. Verse 7 says, The works of His hands are verity and judgment. All His commandments are sure. That term verity, it has the ideas... um, multiple ideas of stability certainty truth trustworthiness God's words are verity they're sure we can as I was saying this morning you may have heard me say before we can hang our hat on it because it is stable we can hang our lives our future of God's word, can't we and all His works that term he says is uh, the works of God's hands are verity and judgment that term judgment we know that that's a legal term isn't it it's referring to legal judgment His works can be trusted they can be relied on. They're firm. They're solid. They're not going anywhere. They're binding. And then he says, "The they are the works of his hands, God's hands." What does that tell us about them? They're personal. When God works for us, that's a very personal work because He knows every one of us, and He provides specific solutions for us. Robin and I were talking about this morning. She was she was talking about how our granddaughter was. Um, she was singing, "Jesus Loves Me." Uh, at the top of her lungs recently, and you know I, I I love that word. Jesus loves me. This I know. But I was telling Robin, you can you can reverse those words, and you can say Jesus knows me. This I love. God's works are personal. He knows every one of us. Does that does that shake you to the core to know that that He knows you and His His works are personal. There's no cookie cutter blessings. They're all unique because we're unique. Uh, somebody has said we're all the same kind of different. Well, we are. We're very different. We're unique. And so God approaches us in that unique way. And He says, I know you. I know you. I know what you need today. And I'm going to give you what you need. I'm not going to give you the blessings that someone else needs because it wouldn't help you a bit if I did. And so He knows those things. God's works, the works of His hands are fresh. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23 says this, It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God's faithfulness is great. And His compassions, the things He does for us, they're new every morning. You remember the, when the, the Israelites were in the, in the wilderness and they didn't have anything to eat? And the God gave them manna. And every morning it was a fresh bit of manna on the ground. All I had to do was go pick it up. And as the day wore on, as the heat of the day came, it just vanished. It kind of melted away. And the next morning it was going to be there again. Well, that's the idea here. God's blessings, they are special. They're unique. They're personal for each one of us. Another thing we see in this song in verse 8 God's works are eternal. Verse 8 says they stand fast forever and ever. And they're done in truth and uprightness. Simply stated, that says God's works are durable, they're not going anywhere. They're going to withstand the test of time. God's works never fail. God's works never wear out. They're always going to be there for us. It's going to be fresh every morning, and they're going to last as long as we need them. Because He's not going to abandon His children. He's taught us that in His Word. God's works are never out of style. Eva. are they? We may do some things that get out of style. People may say, "You're a little dated there." You need to you need to come up to date a little bit. But God's works are never out of style. Are they? They're durable. They don't wear out. They're, they're never out of stop and they're always dependable. can always count on God's works, can't we? That not that helpful? Because we live in a world that will let us down every time we turn around. We live inside of bodies that will let us down every time we turn around, especially as we get older. The things fail. I told Robin this morning, I went to pick up our Bibles. My left hand, it feels like a couple of knuckles were about to come apart. I don't know if that's arthritis, I don't know if it's old age, I don't know what it is, but our bodies will fail us, but God's works won't ever do that, will they? They're durable, they're dependable. In contrast, our works are, well, they're imperfect, aren't they? Even when we do our best, our works are imperfect. Sinful people cannot produce sinless works, can we? As hard as we might try, as good as our intentions might be whatever we do is still going to be marred by sin in some respect isn't it our works have a shelf life we have a shelf life don't we we don't know what it is exactly some of us as we get older we know we're getting closer to that shelf life don't we we know every day brings us a little bit closer god's works aren't that way it's only our souls that are immortal and praise god they are immortal as christians We will never die spiritually. We will always live with the Lord. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Our our works, in contrast to God's, they have a limited impact, don't they? We have a certain sphere of influence that we can can work for the Lord, we can do certain things, but we can only reach certain people. God can reach anyone He wants, anytime He wants, as many as He wants at one time. God's works are eternal. The last thing we'll look at in verse 9, God's work provided salvation. Verse 9 said, He sent redemption unto His people. He hath commanded His covenant forever. Holy and reverent is His name. God Himself provided salvation because we never could. There was nothing that any of us could ever do to help ourselves, to save ourselves, and there was nothing any one of us could ever do to save someone else, was there? We can pray for people all we want. We can witness to people all we want, but we'll never save a soul. All we can do is be witnesses. And He provided for our salvation, not because we deserved it, but because He wanted to give it to us. Isn't that great? He chose us. We didn't choose Him. He looked down on us and He said, I want you to be one of my children. I'm going to call you to myself. Does that make us puff ourselves up and say, well, look at me, I'm somebody? No, it does not. We have been saved by the grace of God, and that is all. We have not been saved because we deserved it. Now, I'm not inside anyone else's head, but I know what goes on in me and in my heart, and I did not deserve salvation. But I am so thankful that the Lord extended that, aren't you? Can't we all say that same thing? Sometimes it's helpful for us to remind ourselves of who God is. But sometimes, sometimes, like today, it's, it's time for us to remember His works. We need to remember what it is He does for us. We need to remember how He does those things, how He goes about it. We need to remember the quality of the things that He does for us. And we certainly need to be reminded of the quantity of things He does for us, how often He works on our behalf. We don't need to lose sight of that. We don't ever need to forget how often the Lord comes to our aid. It's far more than we remember, I would say. If we just sat down and we went to prayer and all we did was start to recount the number of times that the Lord had worked on our behalf, the number of times that He had suited a blessing to us, how long would it take? How long would it take for us to finish that prayer? But we need to do that, don't we? Sometimes it's good for us to remember His works and where we would be without the things He's done for us. I think it's, it's, we do well to be reminded of that. Without God working on our behalf, we would still be lost. We would still be undone without a, a Savior. We would still be lost in our sins and we would still be fully liable for our sins. If we let that sink in, nothing should, should draw us to praise God more rapidly than that, should it? If we were still lost, if we were still liable for our sins, if that sin debt was still placed on us, How terrible that would be. But God spoke uh, the words of peace to us. And he said, come to me. I won't turn you away. That's what Jesus said. You can come to me anytime. So sometimes it's better for us uh, to remind uh, ourselves of who God is. Sometimes it's better for us to remind ourselves of what he's done for us. And then, then, when we've remembered both of those things, we need to share his word with other people, don't we? And we need to say with the psalmist in verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding of all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. Let's praise Him forever. Let's be the, among those people like the psalmist who can look back and say, God, Your works are great. The works of our Lord are durable. They're exactly what we need, exactly when we need them. And they're fresh every day. We don't, have to, we don't have to worry about getting stale. I hope this was helpful. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for allowing us to look into your word this morning. Thank you for the words of the psalmist to remind us of the works of our God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a holy God. We serve a righteous God. We serve a God who has chosen to redeem us when we didn't deserve it. We choose a God or we serve a God who continues to love us even if we continue to sin. And we don't want to do that. We want to live lives that are, that are pure and, and unspotted by sin. And yet, Lord, we recognize we still have sin natures. Sin will still come into our lives from time to time, but we have the knowledge that You still love us. And You've called us to confess that sin before You. And You've told us that when we do, You're faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you so much for that, Lord. Thank you so much for those works that you do on our behalf. Thank you for reminding us of them. And we pray that we would truly be a thankful people, that we would truly be a worshipful people. (coughs) Thank you for everyone who's here this morning. Well, Father, please speak to our hearts as we uh, continue to serve you. We pray as we go our separate ways that you'd go with us, keep us safe. And we pray that, uh, Lord, uh, you'd bring us back at the next appointed time. We do glorify you this morning. We love you.